0: Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. Morning. In Ephesians we heard, Be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. So may I make an address to you this morning with our psalm. Will you think with me about that spiritual song that we heard this morning, Psalm 16? This psalm tells us that there is a path of life that leads to the fullness, the wholeness of joy. Let us ask God to be our guide as we consider this psalm. And will you pray with me now? At the words of my mouth. And the meditation of my heart will always be acceptable to God, my rock, and my redeemer. David, who wrote this psalm, his life may be as familiar to you. There are victorious moments of defeating Goliath and other enemies of God's people, being anointed as a king when all his older brothers had been passed over, and the prophet was there looking to find and anoint the next king over Israel. But we also read of sufferings and failures of David. You might remember the story of David and Bathsheba. And there's more to his personal life that we read about as well. He played the harp with skill and he had a deep friendship with Jonathan. Really, David is one of the few people in the Old Testament that we can really come to know, and not just the circumstances and situations of his life, but his inner life as well through his songwriting. But when we read the Psalms, we're not just reading these words from David, we are actually reading the very words of God. And it is in this unity that we really see this Psalm begin to shine. It has since been called, if you look in your Bible, it may have this word under the chapter number, a mictum. And that word we think means something like a jewel, a golden nugget, something that shines so brightly and is valuable that you never want to be without it but david wrote this psalm in a time of peril and so i began to wonder as i was thinking about it what what kind of peril what was happening during this time was this a time when he saw hate all around him or maybe a child or a loved one had died It might have been when he felt like the enemies of God were prospering all around. Or a time when he had to flee from a place he called home. It might have just been sickness or feeling too weak to do what God had him to do. But whatever was happening in that moment, he chose to turn to God. And I was thinking about singing too. When do we find ourselves singing? Besides Sundays with you, I find myself singing most often when I'm in the car or alone outside. And when my kids were younger, uh, I sang a lot more to them, especially at night. And they don't mind sometimes if I sing to them at night still, whatever hymns or lullabies I can remember at the end of a day. And I easily imagine David in his dark room after a long day of whatever tears or fear there was. And he sees this instrument in the corner. He turns to it, he sits down. He begins to play and sing. But the only words that come out at first is help. He says, preserve me, oh God, save me. And in that turning to God, in that moment, in that plea, god begins to instruct his heart and guide his words something hopeful and beautiful begins to emerge and shine a little he comes to god and he writes this luminous canticle and it's a song that we now share a song so inspired that it is in our bible now and it was also preached by peter and by paul It's the very words of God. David begins that song by pouring out his heart. And through that choice, the Spirit of God begins to breathe life into him. We know that all scripture is God breathed. And he sings this song sort of through him in the dark, enlightening his heart, but also ours now, and shining brightly. I read one writer that said that. Prayer isn't simply pouring out one's heart. It is whether your heart is full or empty, finding your way to God and talking with him. And as the psalm continues, we see that this is true for David as well. The psalm doesn't end with with just emptying his heart. And that's just the beginning, really. Even though his face was mournful and troubled, there was hope. And joy with God, even in the dark. Three different names for God are used in the beginning of this psalm. So there's no question of who David is addressing. He uses the word Yahweh, he who brings into existence whatever exists. And he also uses just the word God, which is a strong, sacred divinity. And he also uses Adonai, my Lord. A God that he can know personally and also who is master over his life. He knows God for who God is. So where else would he turn? Where else could he go when he is in need? When we are lost and in danger, we can recall the words of Peter from our John passage. We heard Peter confess, Lord, to whom shall I go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And what we read in the psalm this morning shows us that long before Peter's confession, David confessed the same You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. And we do call out. We can call out in any danger, any peril. How would you word it? Look, face of God have you come to know? And with what thoughts or spiritual songs do you find yourself clinging to God? And where is it that we can see the goodness of God? One place, the place that David began with in this psalm is in the people of God. The people of God on earth as we have come to know it is the body of Christ. The community of all faithful people the church people that have already called out to god in peril and have been preserved and have been made new not just those here at redeemer but anywhere we find them on earth through history wherever we find the faithful people of god we are able to see the face of god's very self here in greensboro we are preparing for the free farmers market and praise the Lord the people involved in this are excelling in virtue we can see in them the face of God's generosity of God's kindness we also recently had a family that came to visit from England they wanted to learn here and be inspired and they've since returned home to continue walking in virtue with their church family there and we see in them courage and also humility. We also had at the beginning of this month, a group of folks that came to, from across the country to learn how to introduce children to the love of the Good Shepherd with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And they have since returned to Virginia and South Carolina and California to continue in excellence there. And we see in them respect, gentleness, and love. And so I ask you, where have you seen, where have you seen the faithful saints of God? Where have you looked and had delight as David had? It is so easy to see the failures around us. It's so easy to be discouraged by the wrong in the world. But this morning, can you take a moment and think of a person or a group of people where you have seen an example of the goodness of God. David said, Lord, I have no good apart from you. All my delight is in the saints. So when you look out in the world, where do you see delight? There is much in the world, even in the church right now, that we rightly mourn and grieve. There are things from our own past and things that swirl around us even now, there is a place for lament. There is a place for grief. But evil that exists does not have power over us. It does not destroy our hope. And what if these awful things in the world, the wars and the abuse, the landlessness and homelessness, what if they did for us What they did for David in the night. What if we throw ourselves into the arms of God? What if we choose to turn to God? Instead of despair and cynicism, we lift our eyes to the goodness of God and God's people around us, and we continue to gather as faithfully as we can. What if, like Paul in prison, we continue to speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs? I don't have to tell you there's trouble in the world or in our own hearts, but we, like David, can know delight. We can know fullness of joy. The rest of the week may have been a desert, but here in the gathering of the faithful, there is an oasis of fellowship. And whether our hearts came here full or empty, we can find our way to God together. The rest of the week may have been shrouded in darkness, but here the paschal candle, the gospel and epistle candle, they shine brightly reminding us of the presence and the power of the risen Christ. The rest of the week may have been lonely, but here we circle around the gospel of Jesus Christ, who made his dwelling place with us. The rest of the week we may have found ourselves hungry and thirsty but here at the table we are nourished with true spiritual food and i know that my portion what sustains me is wrapped up in the same thing as yours same thing as david's the same thing as all the faithful people the lord himself i wonder this morning if you're beginning to see what david saw that what God has for us, even the truly difficult, miserable, painful, is still within the boundaries of God's hope, this pleasant land. The description of boundary lines in this passage, I think, versus I don't know if you can see it. <clears throat> is a reference to a time that the land of promise was being divided. It was being divided amongst all the tribes of God's people at that time. And there was one of the tribes that did not get any land. For the Levite tribe, God was their only portion. No part of Canaan was theirs, but it was a tribe of priests and they received something different. And David understood that this was a promise that was given not only to priests of the past, but also to him and to all who would trust God to be the portion of their inheritance. Every godly person has the same possession as those priests had. Like them, we are landless. And instead of the states, we have Jehovah. Land and houses and wealth, these things do not sustain our hope or give us joy the way that the Levites experienced it, the way that David knew it. In whatever peril he was facing, he had turned to God and he prayed, God is enough. He said, God is my portion. He prayed with thanksgiving that even in that moment, his cup was full. And we ourselves pray weekly after sharing the cup of communion, we give thanks and say that we are true members of the mystical body of his son. blessed company of all faithful people and we are also heirs through hope of god's everlasting kingdom and this is reminiscent of this song spurgeon called it a psalm of a precious secret because we see that after david reflects on the unity of god in and with his people he then just overflows in a prayer of hopeful praise he says my heart is glad My soul rejoices, my flesh shall rest in hope. In this conclusion of the psalm, we see a very personal and physical description of David's faith. We find that David's heart receives instruction from the Lord, that his eyes are on God, that God is on David's right hand, and there's no more shaking. And that the gladness that's in his heart even makes his tongue rejoice. And in fact, his entire body is given secure and hopeful rest. In essence, this is his whole being. From the inner life to his strength, his conscience, his whole existence, everything is secure in the presence of God and in unity with God. And so even when life on earth finds its end, it is truly not the end. Von Hoffer, an influential theologian of the last century, said, On the other side of death is the eternal God. It's therefore not death, but life that will triumph in the power of God. This life is ours in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we ask to receive it in this world and in the world to come. What a sacred truth to keep with us always. In this song of David, In the very words of the Lord, the breath of the Spirit of God tells us that a suffering person, someone in danger, in peril, can find themselves through the power of the Holy One who is our life to be an heir with an inheritance beyond what we could imagine and with more than enough grace today. Jesus himself told us, hasn't entered into the human heart to imagine what god has prepared for those who love him however we do accept its reality in faith we don't imagine it but we cleave to it and we await it in hope in its very nature life with god is enduring so david's words contain an anticipation of right, of the immortality which Christ has brought to life. In the book of Common Prayer, this psalm is actually headed a psalm of the hope of immortality, a psalm of not being susceptible to death. So David really is praying things he probably doesn't fully understand. And we might find ourselves doing the same thing. We may even find that we have to pray against our own hearts where to truly pray have you ever needed a pause while praying on sundays the words of the prayer book which were words of scripture arranged for our worship these are these are challenging words it is difficult work to have our hearts aligned to the truth of the word of god but our participation in the liturgy together the work we choose to do together as god's people The work of addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that is work that is powered by the very breath of the Spirit of God. Like David, we might might find ourselves not understanding the depth or richness or fullness of what we are speaking in prayer, but the Spirit of God prays for us, intercedes for us, and is in fact the very breath of life, in us. Later this morning, we will hear the priest say, Sanctify us also, that we will worthily receive the holy sacrament and be made one body with Christ, so that he may dwell in us and we in him. And in the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ and bring us with all your saints into the joy of your heavenly kingdom. And we will see our Lord face to face. This is a prayer that just as the Holy One was set apart and never saw corruption or decay, that we too will be set apart. And as the bread and the wine become the true flesh and true blood all these years after Jesus walked on earth, we pray that we too will become the body of Christ, that we will be transformed with all the saints and delight to find joy together In the presence of God, there is a path of life that leads to the fullness, the wholeness, the completeness of joy, and it became known to David. It is known to Jesus, and it also has been made known to us. And in this life, God is at our right hand, upholding us, and in the age to come, there is pleasure at God's right hand forevermore so saints of god let's continue our singing to god always when we have no words in the night in the darkness when we are or feel landless in peril in quiet let us choose to set god always before us knowing that every part of us is in god's care and that we dwell not only in an imperfect world but in the pleasant land of our inheritance, the presence of God. And so at the end of our days, let's rest in hope. We can walk this life in the path of truest life where the body of Christ has never been overcome with decay or corruption. So let's be faithful to gather together with the body of Christ, the saints around the world, wherever we find them, to share joy together, To sing songs of hope. And let's speak this truth to one another. Amen.